And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just Something I've Noticed. There's a lot more yawning these days. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And the bad thing about yawning, it's contagious. Now, I'm not a scientist, but I do know that's true. You see somebody else yawn, all of a sudden, you got to yawn. Do you know what helps to curtail the yawning? How about a great night's rest at Motel 6? Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price you will love when you use the code CP Red Eye. That's the letters CP Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel 6 and help curtail the yawning. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. From the Uniden America Studios, this is Red Eye Radio. All across the USA and around the world, we are Red Eye Radio. Eric will be back on Sunday night, Monday morning. Can't wait. Let's have the weekend move very, very quickly. Move very quickly. Let me take care of all my chores, cut the lawn, do everything. If we could condense that and make it seem like it's only five minutes long so we could get to Sunday night, Monday morning very quickly and then see what develops from that point. Right now, uh, uh, oh, I'm Gary McNamara. Eric's, I'm here. Eric's off. Download our app today and listen when and where you want. If you can't listen overnight, just so much uh, is uh, is going on. And, of course, the the monster story uh, for the first time in uh, history, a former president has been indicted. Uh, this uh, by the Manhattan uh, District Attorney uh, uh, Bragg, Alvin Bragg. And here's some comment uh, yesterday from Nikki Haley after the indictment. Or excuse me, after the uh, the vote was announced. You know, from everything I've seen from this uh, New York um, district attorney, is that this would be something he'd be doing for political points. And I think what we know is when you get into political prosecutions like this, it's more about um, revenge than it is about justice. And, you know, I think the country would be better off talking about things that the American public is cares about than to sit there and have to deal with some revenge by some political people in New York. Now, what's actually going on? You know, we've explained this many times that we know there are new people listening. And one of the things we like to do is try to explain something. And we may not cover everything here, but basically give you an overline of, of what's what's happening. Take the politics out of it and just look at legally uh, what the experts believe is is going on. This is a, a, a case where the district attorney uh, of of um, of Manhattan uh, uh, got a grand jury to indict Donald Trump. We don't know. It has not come out what they are going to charge him with. Now, the narrative for a while, knowing the whole Stormy Daniels case and knowing that uh, on the Stormy Daniels case, 
You had the Southern District of New York look at it and couldn't come up with anything. You had Bragg, when he was initially in office, look at it and then back off of it. And so the people in the know, the experts, are look at this case and say, okay, what are the possible legal, legal charges here? What are the leaks saying? And what has been pieced together is Bragg is saying that Trump uh, uh, had an affair with Stormy Daniels and then decided to pay her off. And when he paid her off, uh, he marked, from what we know, in his own records, in his business records, uh, that he was just paying a retainer uh, to Michael Cohen, who was his lawyer, who was who was uh, paying the, um, you know, who was paying the hush money that he was, because uh, Michael Cohen had paid the hush money first, and then Trump repaid him. In checks, it amounted to 34 times, so they expect that there will be 34 counts uh, of of election, or excuse me, not election, but of, of business fraud. Now, business fraud in the state of New York is a misdemeanor. The statute of limitations ran out on that uh, a couple of years ago. And so what they believe he is doing, Bragg is doing, is he if he can tie the business fraud into breaking another law, he can charge Trump with a felony, jail time, statute of limitations is extended out. Even though that ended, there's still a case, there's still a train of thought uh, as to the fact that he can't extend it out versus that he can extend it out. And and we've gone through that. We went through that on on uh, on, on previous shows, what, uh, what uh, the state of New York is claiming they can do in order to get Trump. So what they're saying is, the other crime is Trump was trying to avoid federal campaign laws. Now, we don't know the intent. We don't know the intent of, you know, why he was trying to avoid campaign laws. Uh, ex- because what they say is Trump did this. This was his own money. This was not campaign money. This was his own money. And what they're saying was he used his own money in order to pay off Stormy Daniels to be quiet about the affair so he could win the presidency, and that makes it campaign money. And therefore, since he put it down that he was just paying his lawyer and not specifically Stormy Daniels as hush money that he committed business fraud, and since he violated campaign finance laws in doing it, it goes up to a felony. Now, the problem with that is you had both the Southern District of New York, the feds, the Department of Justice, look at all of this. They couldn't find a charge. The Federal Elections Commission looked at the camp, whether it was a campaign uh, uh, election violation, campaign fund election violation. They wouldn't charge uh, or find Trump guilty. And remember, they found the Hillary campaign guilty for campaign uh, finance violations and find her $113,000 because she paid the law firm that then dispersed the money in order to create the dossier that was a bunch of lies on Trump that you know the that he colluded with the Russians and they marked that differently than what it actually went to and they she did that to absolutely violate campaign finance laws and to keep it quiet because she didn't want anybody to know that the money went 
to make up lies about Trump. She was not charged with any type of criminal act whatsoever, but she was found guilty of campaign finance violations. Trump was not, and that's why they view this as hard. Uh, this is a that this is an impossible trying to piggyback or tie one law into increasing the penalty of another law. The other thing is, in the law, as the uh, I've seen a couple of attorneys write, there is the the portion of if you're going to defraud somebody, you're trying to get an advantage or take something away from them. Where is that here? You can't prove that. You defraud someone in order to get their money. He wasn't trying to get money. And the other thing is their claim that he only was doing this so he could win the presidency, and the same thing happened. This is why the Department of Justice didn't go after Trump for this, is because they remember the John Edwards failed prosecution when he actually took got campaign money and donors to pay him hush money in order to get the woman who had borne his child to keep quiet about it. And he actually used campaign money. But they said in that case, you can't say it was just so he wouldn't win the presidency. He didn't want his wife to find out. And the same thing here. So that's why they view this as so poor, because if you are going to go after a former president, especially somebody who is now campaigning again, it better be a crystal clear case. And so far, nobody can figure out what the crystal clear case is, because it certainly isn't that. Is there something else? We'll find out by Tuesday. Is there another charge that may be more slam dunk? We'll find out by Tuesday. But everything that we know so far, it's not good. The other thing that feeds into the political narrative that the Republicans have been pounding is the weaponization of government. Not just against not just against Trump, as you know, we know, because you could look and you could say the um, the uh, the whole Russia collusion thing. That was weaponization of government against Trump. And it was all false, all lies. But they wanted to defeat their political opposition by telling lies. Biggest political dirty trick in American history with the Hillary campaign and the DNC pulled off. I know they're proud of it, but I don't think most Americans want elections to be run that way. And so the other problem is the fact that the uh, Southern District of New York, the Department of Justice, would not prosecute Trump uh, on this early on. The FEC would not find a campaign violation on this at all early on. Bragg, when he came into office, dropped the case and only brought it back after two of his prosecutors quit. And one, in an unethical manner, wrote a book about it. Then he came back and decided to prosecute. The point is, they had years to do this, never did it. And then when Trump became a candidate, boom, they did it. It fits perfectly into the narrative that Republicans are selling and the American public understands of the weaponization of government. Everything from Twitter, everything combines into one big package now of weaponization that has tentacles that seem to go everywhere. 
And that's the political problem here, unless there's another charge. And nobody has been able to figure out what that other charge may be. There's a talk. It may be the other uh, woman, uh, Karen McDougal, who allegedly had an affair with Trump, and there was money paid off there. But again, no one knows. But what we know in the case of where Michael Cohen is involved with Stormy Daniels, not even Democrats have been able to look at this or the media look at it by the time we got to a week ago. You know, they looked at it and said, this is a, this is a really weak case. There's nothing here. You can't, you can't do this. And even seen some of the response. Yeah, of course, Maxine Waters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody's talking about the actual minutia of the case, the legal concepts of this particular case. Nobody's talking about that. And you look at, you know, Schumer or Swalwell and, you know, Pelosi was just, you know, who knows where she is. She was saying that Trump now gets to uh, prove uh, that he was, uh, uh, you know, he, he gets to he gets the right to prove that he is innocent, which, of course, stands justice up on its head because that's not how the justice system works. They have to prove you're guilty. You don't have to prove you're innocent. But that was Pelosi's bizarre comment. But other than that, Schumer was quite muffled on it. And you know why? Because they all look at what we know so far and they say, this sucks. And they are hoping that there's another solid charge in there, but they don't know. And they're looking at what we know right now and say, this isn't good. 866-90-RED-EYE. Back three months ago, when covering USDA's quarterly Hogs and Pigs report, the headline I wrote was, Optimism May Be Returning to Pork Industry. I was hoping to use that headline again for this week's USDA report. I think you have to change it. I mean, again, the, the may be returning, I think, was the key. May be returning. Yes, I've got to change it. But USDA livestock analyst Shale Shackham told me... There is apparently not a really strong feeling of optimism on the part of producers. Producers telling USDA that for this March to May quarter, they intend to cut farrowings from last year by 1% for the summer quarter by 3%. Pork demand would appear to be weaker than it was a year ago. That's working its way back to uh, the live prices. And uh, from a producer standpoint, their margins have not been looking good for several months. So I'll change the headline to optimism may not be returning to the pork industry. Gary Crawford reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture. This report is made possible by Cenex Roadmaster XL Premium Diesel and Sitco Lubricants. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed. Brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just Something I've Noticed. Bargain hunting is back. I mean, bargain hunting's always been around. We always love a great deal. But man, everywhere you look, people are bargain hunting. You know, there's so many great ways to find great deals. Hey, I have a great find in your bargain hunting journey. Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price that's a real bargain when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letters CP. 
Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at motel6.com. That is a bargain. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690-RED Eye. One of the questions that I had earlier was, how long will it take uh, before Trump uh, is brought to trial? Just reading here from Politico, their analysis, it's only what I could find was looking at the length of time. It will, by necessity, take many months to commence a trial of a former president of the United States, even if both sides were eager to proceed to trial quickly Ironing out legal and constitutional questions would likely stretch out over the next year and into the 2024 primary season. Uh, add that to in every in almost every legal matter he's embroiled in, he's uh, he seek he has uh, sought to delay and prolong proceedings whenever possible. Trump's lawyers, this is interesting here. Trump's lawyers could try to move the case to federal court arguing that at least some of the payments to Cohen took place while Trump was president, and therefore a state court should have no authority to resolve the matter. Hmm. Trump could also seek to... That's interesting. So how do you... If the feds refuse to prosecute him on that, on that, how could you transfer it to a federal court all right, I got I've got questions here. Trump lawyers could try to move the case to a federal court argued by Bragg? Okay, I I don't understand that. I'll have to look into it, but I'll just read what they say. Trump lawyers could try to move the case to federal court arguing that at least some of the payments to Cohen took place while Trump was president and therefore state court should have no authority to resolve the matter. Trump could uh, also could uh, seek to move the trial to a different courthouse in New York State, and he could try to have the indictment dismissed or reduced, all these pre-trial motions will take time to resolve. The criminal tax case the Manhattan District Attorney Office filed against the Trump Organization in the same court in 2021 took about 15 months to get to trial. So there you go. There's the the possible timeline. And I'm going to guess that, you know, if, if it's Tuesday and that's the date that we hear that he is officially charged, uh, if, there, if there are new charges, those will be analyzed over the next week. But if there are really no charges, especially if there are no charges of, of substance, if any other charges like we're dealing with right now. I expect a week later, you know, it's just going to be, all right, this pretrial motion, you're not going to hear much about it. Here's the thing I'm wondering. 
Will Trump's lawyers tell him not to campaign heavily? Not to be saying things to the media about the case? That popped into my mind a little while ago, and I'm just, just like, hmm. wonder if they'll say, look, you don't need to be talking about this. And I don't know. I, don't, I, don't, I, I guess it all depends if there's other charges involved in this. Right now, from if the case being brought forward is what we know now. Um, I don't even see this. I, I can see a judge saying, dismiss this. And they were pointing out uh, a couple of uh, federal prosecutors on Fox News that any any uh, trial judge in New York that hears this, most of them are Democrats. But if it gets moved to a if it gets moved to a different county, you never know. There are a lot of red rural counties in New York State. Can he make that case? Can Trump make the case he cannot get a fair trial in New York City? And before you say yes, he can or no, he can't, we've never been here before with the President of the United States. And you can't, you cannot look at Donald Trump as a judge and not say, whoa, yeah, uh, Probably uh, from the from many Democrats, one of the most hated politicians in the history of the United States. When you say that, it's like, hmm, okay. You know, where do you where do you try it? You know, do you go to a rural county in New York? So. Wow. <laughs> we'll see where this is going. 866-90-RED-EYE. Listening to Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America Studios. And I'm Gary McNamara. Eric returns for Sunday night, Monday morning show. You know, our, our audio cut for the week, and, and I had this uh, chosen uh, before the Trump uh, indictment or the, the announcement that the jury has voted to uh, invite indict him because officially he hasn't been indicted yet. Um, this was going to be the audio cut of the day, and it, it relates to everything that we dealt with, uh, uh, you know, uh, this week. But basically, goes back to the 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 Democrats and censoring and bullying and the the narrative, the mindset of the Democratic Party right now that on any issue, any major issue, cannot win talking about where they stand what their substance is on any argument. They, they, they can't do it because they will fail. The American public doesn't buy what they're selling. It's one of the reasons, I believe, that the, the Trump 
indictment and the charges will be coming on Tuesday and that the jury voted for indictment. They want the election to be about Trump. They don't want, they know if it's about, they believe if it's about Trump next year, if the trial is going on a year ago, right now, you know, or year, excuse me, a year from now, right now, they believe they win. Now, they believe that if they do this, Trump will win the nomination, but he will lose a general election because they don't believe he will gain people who didn't vote for him in 2020 to vote for him in 2024. He may solidify his base, but his base alone, they believe, can't win. And so that's what they that's what they wish to argue. Trump versus whatever. This makes it so they don't have to discuss any issues at all. And across the board, that's where Democrats are. If you saw on the energy bill yesterday on HR1, you're going to destroy the world. The, the Republicans saying, look, we need to have consistent forms of energy and we need to have cheap energy. And the Democrats screaming the world's going to end. We're not going to talk to you. We're just going to scream, uh, scream at you. You had the Democratic congressman screaming at Republicans on gun control. As Jonathan Turley calls it, we're in the age of rage. Everything is rage. Therefore, you don't have to have debate. I rage. I'm angry. Don't you dare argue with me. I'm so angry. That is my, that's my imagery of virtue signaling of a higher morality. I'm angry. I don't have to make sense. My anger is my argument. My anger and my demonization of you is the argument the debate points aren't. That's the big picture of what's going on, and the Trump indictment, I believe, is part of that. Let's not have a discussion on the issues because they know they can't win. This is a perfect example. This actually goes back to July of last year. And this is uh, Senator Josh Hawley, uh, excuse me, and uh, he is talking to a panel, including a professor of law from Berkeley. And they were talking about abortion, and then they got into the fact that, you know, birthing, the whole birthing people thing. And he asked, what does that mean? You know, what do you mean by that? What's your, what's your whole point? And listen to where this thing ends up. And it's the perfect example of what I've just talked about here the last five minutes. Here you go. Before, uh, I, I want to visit with you, Ms. Metzke, but before I do, I just want to clear one thing up. Professor Bridges, you said several times, you've used a phrase, I want to make sure I understand what you mean by it. You've referred to people with a capacity for pregnancy. Would that be women? Many women, cis women, have the capacity for pregnancy. Many cis women do not have the capacity for pregnancy. Um, there are also trans men who are capable of pregnancy, as well as non-binary people who are capable of pregnancy. So this isn't really a women's rights issue. It's a, it's, we can it's recognize a that this impacts women while also recognizing that it impacts other groups. Those things are not mutually exclusive, Senator Hawley. Oh, so your view is, is that the core of this, this right then is about what? So um, I want to recognize that your line of questioning um, is transphobic, <laughs> um, and it opens up trans people to violence by not recognizing that. Wow, you're saying that I'm opening up people to violence by asking whether or not women are the folks who can have pregnancies? So I'm one, I want to note that one out of five transgender uh, persons have 
attempted suicide. So I think it's important because of my line of questioning. Because so we can't talk about it. Because denying that trans people exist and pretending not to know that they exist. I'm is denying that trans people exist by asking are you? you if you're talking are you? about women are you? having pregnancies. Do you believe that the, uh, men can get pregnant? No, I don't think so. <laughs> so you're pregnant. denying that trans people exist, they and that leads to violence. Is this how you run your classroom? Or there you go. Now uh, he moved on to another uh, witness he shouldn't have, because you could just drive the biggest truck on the planet. One of you know one of those huge dump trucks they have at the mines. It's got to be even bigger than that. You could drive through her argument because she said. You're denying that transgenders exist. And I know where he was going, no, I'm not. I'm not saying that there aren't men that don't think they're women or women that don't think they're men. What I'm saying is uh, a man who believes he's a woman can't get pregnant. And right there, I mean, that was, she's arguing the wrong thing. But still, the entire, the, the, the bigger point is, He's asking a question, and the question is, and this is where you have to be precise, only biological men, or excuse me, only biological women can get pregnant. Whatever your definition is, I'm talking, when I say woman, I mean biological. So whatever you want to say, you are, you are confusing people. And if you're saying, I can't ask the question, because if I ask the question, just if I ask a question of who can get pregnant, that you're saying I'm inciting violence because one out of five transgenders will attempt suicide, if that's true, then why would you ever advocate that children should be allowed to take hormones or get mutil mutilation surgery without their parents' permission and a lot of psychiatric help. You can never, they don't want you discussing it because they know they can't win the argument, and that's a perfect example and she, think about this. She's a law professor. They deal in debates. And she's saying, you ask a question. You could see how angry she was getting at him. Are you? Are you? Are you? <laughs> but that's where the Democratic Party is today. That's where they are. In the media, in academia, and in their political party. That's where they stand. That is pure insanity. It can be torn apart very easily. And that's why you ask a legit question. I want to know where you're coming from. You can't even ask a question to become informed. Why? It's not because they believe that's what causes. This is the big lie. It's not that she truly believes that Josh Hawley asking the question is what will drive a transgender to suicide. They don't even believe that. They're using that as an argument in an attempt to guilt you to shut up 
because they know they can't win the argument. Their argument is so weak. So you have to ask yourself, what drives them to that point? I can't tell you. I don't know. But it seems to me to be pretty pure evil. All right, 86690. Uh, let's go to a, a call here on uh, the uh, uh, Trump indictment coming down on, on Tuesday. We go to Chuck in Sacramento. Chuck, welcome. You're on Rod Eye Radio. Welcome to the show. Hi. Hey, how you doing? Nice to talk to you. You know, uh, I, I'm i a Republican, and I'm a simple guy. I drive a truck. But I got to tell you, I'm, I'm really beginning to wonder, you know, other, other Republicans, why aren't they you know, literally screaming about what's going on with Trump, because in all honesty, you know, the, the Democrats in New York, you know, same Democrats as Bill and Hillary, you know, uh, the Bidens and everything else. You know, we know the history, the, the uranium with the Clintons, the Biden with Ukraine and China. We, we know this. And, you know, the political takedown. And I don't understand why the Republicans aren't really in unison going forcefully and at least in whatever arenas they have to bring all that other out even more, you know, more than it has been, because in all honesty, after Trump, who's next? I mean, let's see. I don't think they like DeSantis very much. I don't think they'd like somebody like Christy Noem in South Dakota very much. Governor Abbott in Texas, uh, you know, or uh, Bullard, I think that's who, her name, the who, congresswoman who in Colorado. I mean, whoa, 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 whoa. Who wouldn't like? I don't know who, when you said... Who are you talking about? The Democrats, the Democrats. wouldn't like. Okay, all right. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Cool. All right. Sorry, I got in a diatribe there, but no, yeah, no, yeah, no, the no, 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 no. That's no, no. That's okay. like them. No. Here's look. The remember the Republicans have only been uh, in office uh, what a uh, uh, little over two months, and have already they've they've already held the they couldn't do anything when they weren't in power. They when they uh, were not in power. There's a ton of stuff that's already come out about Hunter Biden. If there's hearings. The way you get that in the news is not just screaming about it, but the way you get it in the news is hold hearings. And you hold hearings when you get every, all your ducks in a row. And if you held them either this fall or early next spring and you have all your ducks in a row and you've got all your legal people set and you've got everything set down and you've got your witnesses, you've got your you've got all your documents. But understand that the government is trying to hold up. As James Comer said last week, he was scre- not not screaming about it, but very passionate about it. They're still holding up documents that they need. But you need to get everything together, and you don't do that in, in two months. And so remember, the Republicans' House has only been there for two months. The hearings is what will create the the really the uh, the media buzz at that point. Just like the you know Trump going into the courtroom, everybody will be going crazy about it on Tuesday. Then it will go quiet until the trial comes, and then all hell will break loose again. The same with hearings. Once you've got Hunter Biden sitting there, or once you've got Bob Ulinsky under oath saying that that Joe Biden took money, and you connect the dots, and you have the documents there, and you've got your lawyers saying the money went here, 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 and it's in an official setting in a hearing that lasts a couple of weeks, that's where you get the publicity, and they have to get to that point. Now, if they don't get to that point, I think you have a legit complaint because I can't see how they don't get there. See, I guess, I guess I'm worried. Just like I say, I'm, you know, I'm like I say, I'm a simple man. I stop it, truck, stop, I, it. I stop, stop it, stop it, stop it. You're not allowed to say that on the show. 
Nobody's ever allowed okay. to say I'm just. You have just as much ability, probably more than 99% of the people in Congress. So don't ever do that. Don't do that on this show. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. Okay. I, I, uh, okay, like also, too, I worry about guys like you on the radio. When does the left start going after guys like you? I mean, like you said no truer words than you did a little while ago on the show when you said, you know, basically, this is new territory. We've not been here before. That that worries yeah. me. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm fine. I have I have no worries. I'm fine. I'm fine. So well, that's good. Yeah, I have, that's I, have, good. I have no I have we no I have no worries. But let's put it this way: I'm too old to have any worries. And and frankly, these people aren't as intelligent as they think, and their arguments can be defeated. That's what you have to do. Thanks so much. I've been doing it now for 34 years, so uh, I'm not I'm not worried at all. Neither is Eric. People ask us all the time. I've never been worried. I, I was asked that 10 years ago and 20 years ago when things got hot. Are you worried? Nope, not worried. Um, you know, I'm going to do what I got to do. Whatever happens, happens. You know, it's my one life. I'm not going to change the way I am. I'm too old. 866-90-RED-EYE. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio. Toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. It's Red Eye Radio. I'm Gary McNamara. Eric will be back on Sunday night, Monday morning. I can't wait. <laughs> First thing he's going to say, I know. You know, I thought it was when both of us were gone, major things happened. Now I know it's only when I'm gone that these major things happen. <laughs> Thanks to the last caller who worried about us. Now, look, it's part of uh, doing talk radio 34 years. Never have been in trouble once for anything that I've said. Why? You figure out how to do it. You know how far you know how far you can go without getting yourself in trouble and still communicating the exact message that you wish to communicate. That's how you do it. But thank you to the last caller being concerned because, yeah, yeah, I'm sure... They'd like to come after everybody on the right. Right? Have yourself a great weekend. All right, Eric. Come back. We do it Sunday night. This is Red Eye Radio. On Westwood One. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. 
Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.